Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. And we're glad that you could join us this morning. But before we get into the Word, let's just take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for today and for the season of celebration that you've placed us in, Lord, for thanksgiving and rejoicing in your name, Lord, and what you've done, God. And we just thank you for who you are and for blessing our partners and our listeners, Lord, and blessing those that participate in this ministry, God. And we just ask for your grace and your favor, Lord, and plead the blood of Jesus over everything that we commit to you, Lord, and we trust that you care for it, Lord, and you'll take care of it. So we just thank you for that today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. It's good to be back. It's good to be in the Word with each and every one of you. And this morning, we are going to reread Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. The Holy Spirit clearly has more to discuss, and we want to be obedient to how He's leading. So, could I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, Charles. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For their being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the word If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who calls upon him. For whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So as is our custom, I'll open the floor up to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. All right? Okay. So who'd like to begin? I will. All right, LaCharles. Um, I found it interesting, the um, verse 6 and verse 7, where Paul is giving the contrast of between the two were they're saying who's going to bring Christ from heaven and um, Christ from the dead. I just found that very interesting because Paul is going over both that there's no distinction. It's not worse if you say, okay, let's go bring him up from the dead or let's bring him down for heaven. So you can see that Paul is saying that it's our mindsets about it, not necessarily the words that come out of our mouths the words do have meaning but it's also the intention behind the words Mm -hmm. 
That's like when Jesus says, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The words had meaning, and we could technically try to persuade, okay, this is what they meant from it, but their hearts were not in it. So Paul is saying here is that they use these statements and try to put God off and saying, oh, man, we're, we're not, we can't do it. Somebody else is going to have to do it for us. And then try to give the responsibility to someone else and say, that is not in their capability or ability to, to, to do it. And it reminds me of with my siblings. I may look at a test and say, Layla, you know, mommy taught you how to do that. I can't do it. And I give it to Layla, even though mommy may have told me. And the same is true here. Paul is addressing that. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at my face, aren't you? <laughs> Go ahead, honey. <laughs> and how Paul is addressing that is that inside of the inside of the body of Christ, there's no, you're more qualified for this job. You're going to do it. Okay. I'm just going to sit back and do nothing because everybody else has qualities and been taught more than I have. So they go do it. Then again, you also see Paul. He's going, there's no reason or need for someone to do it. Like, um, but we gave the example of you're looking at a task and mommy told you to do it. And um, you said, Layla, you go do it instead. When you can learn how to do the task yourself, correct? Mommy yes. can teach you just as well as she taught me and she can teach promise the same things. And likewise with our relationship with Christ, we don't need a, somebody else per se to go get the word and bring it to us and teach us the word. It's up to us to make the attempt first. Dad can't give me a phone and say, here, take the phone. And then I go, I don't have the phone, Dad. You never gave me the phone. Well, I never received it and took it. So it we can't pawn it off on somebody else and go, well, because they didn't bring me a message on Sunday. They didn't flip my Bible open and tell me to read this passage. Now I don't have the word and it's not my fault that I didn't choose the Lord or walk according to his statutes or his commandments. There's still an accountability on my part and others' parts to make the effort to look for it as well. Mm-hmm. The scripture tells us multiple times that each man will receive from the Lord based on the, his or her own works. So while God is faithful to keep his word and his promises, he still expects us to do whatever it is that he's told us to do. And um, we should have an expectation that he is true to his word in all aspects. Now, you guys said a whole lot of it and it and it and it. What is it exactly? Thank you. <laughs> what is it? Explain, please. It is the word of God. Okay, so. Meaning when I was saying it, I was referring to the word of God, which is what Paul is also referring to here, saying that you have no need of try to. What Paul is saying basically here is that the Lord has already gifted us with the word of God. There's no need for us to go get it anew. When the Lord can has already clearly stated and given us. It's like if I, like mommy says, if we lose a stack of papers, we have to pay for it because it's our fault we lost it. Paul is saying here is that the Lord already gave you the papers. It is up to you to keep up with it and he will provide it if it's needed. Again, but if it's right there in your face and you <laughs> just say, no, I just want a new one. That's a problem. He's saying that we have to first use our resources and go about how the Lord tells us to do it, not trying to say, 
Lord, I know you told me to listen to this guy, Lord, but I just want to listen, hear it from you, Lord. While that may seem noble indeed, and but in truth, it's exactly the opposite of what the Lord wants you to do. So I also think that's what Paul is saying here. Stay on the the path that God gave us. Come come by the way and the route that He's already prepared for us. Yes. Okay. Charles, I think I got confused by what you were saying there. If you could clarify, it sounded like you were saying that we should listen to somebody else tell us instead of go to the Word. No, if the Lord tells you to go listen to that person, by all means, go and listen to them. And if He tells them to just tells that person to just listen to Him, just listen to Him. It's like. Everything in my life, if mommy tells me to go, okay, read your books in school so that way you can learn. That's what I have to go do. Or she says, okay, use this resource and listen to them, explain it. Then that's what I do. The same is true here. He's saying, Paul is saying that we already have the word in our midst, in our grasp. So if we have a question, we can both ask the Lord and ask fellow believers. As you, Mr. Gene Arfana, is saying, there's a difference between being in the group of believers. So that way you can flesh it out. This, Paul is saying here, saying this as well. He's saying that you have all these people around you who know the word and can teach you, but it's up to you to go get it. There's no one else going to go try to retrieve it for you. So what I, th- what I think he's saying, and I think you're similar saying, is that it, he's, in, he's giving you instruction, but he's not giving you a, instruction apart from the scriptures. Yes. He's giving you instruction that correlates or confirms the scriptures. Yes. When we think culturally, and we think specifically about the Jewish culture, um, it was understood, or at least as I understand it, and I'm open to correction, uh, that um, the Israelites pretty much had memorized all the Holy Scriptures. Certainly the five, first five books, um, they, they knew. And so they did not have access to it the way we have access to copies of the Bible. But they, had, they all knew and typically had memorized the first five verses. So he was kind of telling them, also, you have no excuse because you do know the Scriptures. And yes, he's trying to give you the full depth of that and trying to instruct them to look at it in the full depth and not how men have guided them. But it's also he's saying to listen and take heed of the words he's saying, because in verse eight, he says the gospel and faith that we are preaching to you. So he's saying is that. God has already given Paul everything he needs to go minister the word because the Lord never goes and sends us out unequipped. So the Lord has already provided everything we need in our lives, and it's just up to us to listen and heed. It's like if mom and dad go tell me when I'm an adult, or they go, LaCharles, you should go do this. And I say, no, mommy, dad, I want to go do this over here. I can't say, how come this didn't work? And be angry and indignant, <laughs> indignant. It's because I have failed to do and listen to what they have said and guided me. So the same as what Paul is saying here is that he's given you the truth and everything you need through the Holy Spirit guiding him to minister, and it's up to you to go use it. You're not supposed to go follow other faiths. And, you know, Paul, I like that aspect, but I also like this aspect over here from these other people. He's saying to hold true to the word. Mm-hmm. So I think... We're, we're talking about um, verses 14 and 15 a little bit here. 
and I'm sorry, we can go back to 13, 14, and 15. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Mm-hmm. And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So God did ordain a pathway for the gospel to be preached, to reach people so they can hear it. So what's being said without maybe necessarily as directly is, yes, God placed people. We have the fivefold ministry gift for the edification of the church, for the equipping of the saints yes. to do the work of the ministry. So there are, there, God did leave his word in the earth. We saw in the beginning parts of Romans that he left it in creation who he is. He's written it on the inside of us. Now, our awareness may not be tracking, may not be um, fully involved in what God has already put on the inside of us. But once he wakes us up to the fact that he's here, he's God and he's real and Jesus is the way. Now it's our it's our responsibility to pursue him mm-hmm. and not look for him to. Um, well, Jesus, if you were standing right here in front of me, then I could believe you. Well, Jesus, if I had it this way, then I could believe you. But his word is enough, whether it's his written word, which we enjoy. And as you said, Dean, the, the availability of the written word was not widely possessed for your own, your own personal Bible and scripture. They had to go to a certain place to hear the word. So they were responsible for writing it on the tablets of their hearts. They were responsible for passing it down in heritage and, and verbal conversations from parents to children and remembering what was said of the scriptures. And also, we have his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who brings us to remembrance of all things that God has said to us. And that includes the Lord Jesus Christ, because the Spirit of God, who is the Holy Spirit, knows all things that are in the father, right? That are on his mind. That is his desire. The father, the son, and the spirit are one and they agree. So the Holy spirit is not only declaring to us what Jesus has said, but also what the father said, because Jesus said, what I say, what I hear the father say, and I do those things that I see my father do. So all of it is coming from God who is one. And for us individually, we have to take the the broad pathway that he set before us, which is he wants the gospel preached. In the old covenant, he preached the gospel to Abraham. We find that in Hebrews. And that's where Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he also had later on Moses write the scriptures when he went and spent time with Father God on the mountain and in his presence, he wrote down what he heard. That's why we have Genesis and other books because God gave them to that by divine inspiration. And then we have the prophets and other people with prophetic giftings and ministries that God had them and inspired them to write down the word. So we have what he has available, but it all comes from the one God, right? We have what he's already spoken to us and we are supposed to take and apply what he's provided for us. And he's also sent people to preach the gospel. Jeremiah was a prophet, but in that he did some preaching, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And others like him did some preaching of the word and correction to other people. It's our responsibility to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. uh, And multiple times in Revelation in particular, hear it with your spiritual ears, not just with your natural ears. Take it to heart. His word, whether it's spoken, whether it's the leaves blown on the tree, and they're shaking just right. And you hear the spirit of God speaking to you. 
God can speak however he chooses and desires. And we shouldn't be looking to hold God in our natural hand and capture him before we're willing to believe him. Amen. And let's expound on that a little bit. I was going to say bridge the gap. I was like, gap. I didn't expound enough. <laughs> <laughs> you did. It, but, you know, before you, had, okay. you spoke up, honey, um, I was going to say let's bridge the gap here, right? But it's not accurate because you, you brought up Christ. And that is who Paul is pointing to. And in all of Paul's writing and in all the prophets, they are really pointing to Christ. Um, let's, let's remember here, Paul is continuing a thought if you will, that he started in the end of chapter 9, right? And, and it, we'll just read verse 33. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. And then in verse 4, he says, he makes it very plain. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes, Right? And then he begins talking about Moses, writing about righteousness. And then in verse 6, the righteousness of faith, right? Yes. But when he continues, and, and it was already pointed out, who will ascend into heaven, who will, who, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to cre- bring Christ up from the dead, right? He says, no, no, the word's near you, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart, right? Let's, let's yes. look at a few different things, a few different scriptures here. The first one is John 3. And uh, we'll begin in verse 14. All right, it says, as Moses, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Right? Uh, And then it continues, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever or whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the the world through him might be saved. But then he says the word is near you, right? And actually, um, let's go back to the beginning of the Gospel of John just so we can understand fully, right? The word is near you. Can I get someone to read the first five verses, please? From which chapter? From chapter one. First John. No, not First John. The Gospel of John, chapter one. You said that's what you meant. Okay. You just came up the wrong way. So. Okay, well, that's fine. Can I get someone to read that, mm-hmm. please? I will. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, let's relate it back to where we're at. And Forgive me, I lost my place here. Let me get back to Romans. So he's talking about the word, right? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we'll go back well, one more place in, in John, and that is chapter 14. <clears throat> and 
let me find my place exactly. Um, well, first of all, we have to look at Jesus being the way. So that's 14.6, right? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But then he continues, actually, in um, can I get a volunteer to read from verse 19 through 21, please? I will. All right, promise. A little, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest, manifest myself to him. Mm -hmm. And could you read verses 23 and 24, please? Yes. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the love sorry and the word which you hear is not mine but the father who sent me okay so in those those scriptures we see the same thing here right paul is still pointing to jesus as the way the truth and the life making it very plain jesus is the stumbling block for many but what did Jesus say? This is his own words, right? His own words were that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will do what I have said and commanded you to do, right? Both written yes. in the written word and in, um, in what he is saying to you in your personal life, right? Yes. And it's through faith. And he also makes it very plain. If you keep my commandments, my father and I will make our home with you. So it's not far off. But he did, I'll say, descend, yes, and ascended. Yes. Who, yes. Will, who will ascend, who will descend, or who will descend and who will ascend, right? Christ yes. did both, did he not? Yes. Look at Hebrews chapter 2. Um, we'll begin in verse 5. And actually, can I have someone read verses 5 through 9, please? You said Hebrews chapter 2? Correct. Verses 5 through 9. Okay, I'll read it. For he, for he has not put the world to come, of which we speak in, subject, in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place, saying... What is a man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lord of the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all the things of subjection under, subjection under his feet. For in that you put all subjection under him, and left nothing that is not put under him. But now, we who do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of all the, for, uh, for the suffering of death, 
crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, may taste death for everyone. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, I made a mistake. Forgive me. Okay. Uh, we should have read from verses 1 through 9. Uh, I'll read the first four verses. Therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God, also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Right, and then he begins talking about man and Christ, right? Yes. And it confirms those exact things. And actually, yeah, I believe that's uh, found uh, from... When he says one man testified in a certain place, I believe that's in Psalm 85. But, um, honey, you brought up about how it wasn't a new thing. It was also written throughout the Old Testament, right, which we just covered. It confirmed everything that was said previously. Which right? part was Paul, it new? Paul also confirmed it, too, in the beginning of his letter in chapter Absolutely. 1, where he goes, you, you don't have any excuse anyway. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because God's irrefutable laws his how he exists in nature is all around us and we can't deny it it's there for us to see his existence his reality mm-hmm. his deity everything about god and his laws like you said are explicitly displayed before us yeah, so even mm-hmm. if we didn't have the scripture it, that's right but, and yeah. and what bible did abraham read <coughs> no point bible? to it <laughs> they didn't have one he was listening and led by the spirit of god Exactly. And God speaking to his heart and ministering to him. And then, yeah, God did visit him at particular times in a person form, you know, where he could see them and feed them, uh, you know, God and a couple of angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. And, and, right, as I was saying, so Paul and everything he's doing, and, and even the prophets, prophets of old, the Old Testament, everyone is pointing to Jesus. Everything. Everything. <laughs> right? And, and we, we've covered this in the past or brought this up. Um, all prophecies pointing to Christ. Mm-hmm. They weren't speaking of themselves. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of I prophecy. was just about to read mm-hmm. that, right? In oh. Revelation 19, verse 10, the Apostle John, who's caught up to heaven, says, uh, is, is there with someone. And, of course, he's hearing the Lord speak and he had the letters and he was told Having to write them and mysteries explained or shown exactly to him. And, and shown amazing mm-hmm. things and then there's a, a a a person that he's with an angel a, a perfected <laughs> being and he says and i fell at his feet to worship him but he said to me see that you do not do that i am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of jesus worship God Mm -hmm. and then he continues and he says this for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy amen all prophecy all right and 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 like I said we brought this up previously we and we whether it's Jews or Gentiles right all scripture is infallible because it is the breathed out word of God the prophets of old prophesied 
saying, thus says the Lord, right? And even though for some of their prophecies, it took hundreds of years to see it fulfilled, it still came to pass. And we hold those things. And, and there are even some that are still yet unfulfilled, right? But those things are held as truth. Even though, again, right, some still have yet to come to pass, and they will come to pass. Absolutely. But there's no question about them, whether it's Jew or Greek or Jew or Gentile. Mm -hmm. They're held as truth. Well, every one of them is pointing to Christ. And again, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Mm -hmm. So I would ask people, consider Jesus. He's mm -hmm. the author and finisher of our faith mm -hmm. he's the one that made the way that redeemed us mm -hmm. from the law of sin from the curse of sin and death mm -hmm. so we can live with him eternally live with him eternally mm -hmm. as joint heirs so i want I just felt led to i'll say bridge the gap but that's not quite accurate um <laughs> share that that's tie some things together sure. that's probably a better way to phrase that but then also encourage you consider christ and if you don't have a relationship with him i encourage you to enter into one today amen he literally died to be your lord and savior while you didn't know him or were uh, i'll say at war or fighting against him <laughs> he did this for you he desires that personal, deep, and intimate relationship with you. So I would encourage you to begin your relationship with him today. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, and we'll pause there for today. I will. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for dying for us, dying for us even though we were against you at one point. Lord, I also just thank you for being inside of our midst and just staying there and being inside of us. Yes. And just giving us that privilege. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.